Hey, I'm Conrad from the Lucas State, and I'm hanging out with Rob from Front Row Live. What's up, guys? Rob here, Front Row Live Entertainment. I'm finally hanging out in person with Conrad from the Lucas State, a band that I've been super excited about for the last couple years. And, uh, dude, I'm so excited that you're here in the States. The band is touring the States for the very first time ever. Yes, our first time ever. We are absolutely thrilled to be here. It's a pleasure and honor to finally get out here and play <laughs> in America for the first time. So we're absolutely thrilled to be here. And yeah, it's going well, man. Yeah, like I, I love that this is the first time, um, especially because we, you know, when we spoke, we spoke through Zoom and it was a time where, you know, there weren't shows. And if there was, it was yeah. super minimal and it was only there was no such thing as a tour. Yeah, yeah. And now you get to like open up with this whole North American tour for the very first time. So like how what, what is that feeling being able to be back on the road? But on top of that, being able to be on the road in America. Amazing. Well, to be honest, <clears throat> when we spoke, the the initial first thing was once we signed the deal and the the record was coming out the first thing on the cards was go to america yeah. we're going to america and when you're when you're a young kid and you and you're thinking of what happens when you sign a record deal you think of traveling the world and getting your record out to as many people as possible and america is one of those things that you think you're doing so when we were speaking that was on the cards and it was meant to happen and then the rug gets pulled from underneath your feet yeah all of a sudden you're not going, there's plan B, you, oh, we'll go another time, you think it's never going to happen. And then it's kind of all come full circle once the world resumed, because yeah. now here we are. Yep. Hi. Um, <laughs> here we are, and it's kind of like, oh, pinch me, man. I'm actually here, I'm sat here in LA, like, wow, what's going on? <laughs> like, I, like, I was on Venice Beach today, just kind of on my own, just walking in the sea, just like having a really amazing moment just to reflect on the past few weeks of just yeah. traveling this amazing country with with my best friends you know like, it's been amazing so yeah and hopefully come back as much as we possibly can so, yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely and i definitely want more more american fans to get to know the lucas state just because like i said earlier your music is just incredible uh fall in fall out was such an incredible debut album i'm still super in love with that record but I'm excited to talk about a sophomore record, which is currently in the works, and I guess you guys are kind of testing those songs yeah. on the road. <clears throat> so, so the new record's all done, dusted. It's it's been recorded, mixed, mastered. Um, it's all ready to go, man. So we've got like a soft release date at the moment for March next year. Mm. But I mean, everything's kind of shifting and sliding with releases. It's not we haven't got a hard release date yet. So, right. but we're aiming for the end of March next year, just before festival season, so we can go out there and hit a few festivals and also come back here. That's the plan. Um, yeah, so hopefully we'll be back. Um, but yeah, that record's done. It's all, all good to go. And um, I'm sorry about the people coming through. <laughs> I did tell everyone that there was an interview in here, but no one listened. You know, I love how they open it slowly, but they slam it on the way yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so I mean... The first record kind of feels, I don't want to write that off in any way, shape or form. It's a great record and it's, and it's, um, and it was an amazing process making it, but you know, we were kind of dealt the hand that we couldn't tour it. Yeah. You know, we couldn't come here. It's lost. That kind of record feels a bit lost on some people sometimes mm -hmm. because it kind of got lost in the ether of, of what was going on in the world. People have heard it during. But 
you know, in hindsight, we can sit here and say, oh, it would have been a lot different if the world wasn't the way it was at the time. Right. But then, Crimea River, the world's not like that. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? It's, I'm not going to sit here and throw a pity pie. So this feels like almost like another first bite of the apple. Mm. You know, with the second record, because it's going to get released properly, we can tour it, we can get get as much press as possible, we can get get it out to as many, a, a wide range audience. Yeah. Whereas last time, we couldn't do that. We were limited. We, there was a limitation on the first record. So we're just super excited to get this record out and start touring, man, and just hit the road and just keep going and going and going. Yeah. Yeah. And that's incredible. And I, I did notice that you said this this new album is like a rebirth of the band. Like, um, can you kind of elaborate a little bit more on that? Like, why do you feel that way about this sophomore record? Um, <clears throat> it kind of comes from a place of... Um, change of writing style really and me being more honest as a writer um this whole second record is about um my battle with mental health and my journey through mental health and and um trauma and addiction and all those kind of things and coming out the other side and it's kind of a it's not a concept record by any means but you follow a journey on the record from from you know side one side a to side b you know yeah. and you kind of i'm telling a story in 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 my own way, they're very personal songs and they're very, it's a very personal record to me, which I find the listener and the audience will be able to connect to, you know, and they'll be able to to think, oh, well, actually, I, I've been through that. I can relate to that. And if they can't, and then it's just a good old rock and, ro rock and roll record. It's yeah. that as well, you know. It's, it's also a change in style. It's a little bit heavier. Mm -hmm. It's also a little bit more catchier because we've grown as people and we've grown as songwriters and grown as musicians, and that's what happens. That should naturally happen and, yeah. and should naturally evolve as a writer and as a musician anyway. And as a person, we evolve as people, you know. Yeah. Since the last record came out, I've discovered so much about myself, as we all have, you know. So this record is... Um, as I say, a very personal record to me personally, um, being a lyricist, and um, and I hope people can can connect with it and, and they hear it, you know, because um, yeah, it's it's my journey, my personal journey through mental health and how I've come through the other side, you know. Yeah. And aside from aside from that, like you brought in uh, new producers for this record, yes. so what was that chemistry like? Especially because you are being more open and more honest with with uh, the writing yeah. process. Yeah, well, I mean, the caliber of producer on the second record just goes up tenfold as well. You know, we got in Dan Austin, who does You Me at Six. He's done Queens of the Stone Age. Mm. Um, he did. Um, there's a great British band called Doves. I don't know if you've ever heard them, but they're they're they've got a very amazing sound, sonic sound on record. Um, and then a producer called Adrian Bushby, who's a Grammy-winning um, engineer who, who did The Pretender by the Foo, Foo Fighters. He's done nearly every Muse record. So some really big big hitters, man, big cats. Coming on board, wanting to work with us and getting involved in the creative process. So obviously, sonically, it sounds better. <laughs> for one. <laughs> How could it not? Um, and then... You're being whipped into shape when you've got a calibre producer like that, you know. Right. You're being, you're learning the ropes of how it's really done, you know. So, yeah. So it's 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 exciting to have those kind of people on board, and those kind of people steering you in the right direction. And they, those when you kind of make a record, sometimes those people kind of become mentors to you as well. That, like I speak to Adrian once every week, you know, and he's always texting me saying, "You're killing it, I love you boys," <laughs> and he's there hanging with Muse. I'm like. 
dude, you don't need to worry about me. You're with Muse. Do yeah. your own thing, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I mean, it's it's a nice a nice feeling, and you know, there's a there's a there's a difference in the second record that I think people will, will notice and they'll like. You know. Yeah. You challenge yourself in the writing process for this for this album, but vocally, how do you feel that you challenge yourself? Just because I feel like when you when you get into this like level of honesty and, and vulnerability, uh, vulner- I can't even speak vulnerability. vulnerability. <laughs> I got cotton mouth vulnerability. <laughs> when you get into that level, like I feel like it changes the dynamics of like how you kind of sing and how how you kind of. Um, execute the song. So, yeah. you know, how did that impact you in the studio this time around when you were recording? Them? Well, um, I'm a method singer. Um, this sounds a bit weird. I'll open you up on what this is. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> um, no, so, I mean, I get myself in the headspace of what that song's about and what that what I may be feeling as a character. Mm. Um, and then I go from there. And also, the thing is with the song's I have to sing. There's no half half fast way of doing it. It's kind of all or nothing. Go hard or go yeah. home. I've got to put everything into it, even live as well. So preparation is key. Um, good vocal hygiene before I go in the studio. You know, I'm looking after myself. I'm not really not really smoking that much. I'm not really drinking that much. I'm not partying. You know, I'm looking after myself because the process is the most important thing you know and then the pre-production as well you know to really find how you're going to sing those those songs when you go in to do the studio when you go to lay it down yeah. on track that you know where those notes are you know that, you, that you're not going to be fiddling around with it and messing around with it although that sometimes happens oh baby I'll try it this way and you do right. try infle- inflections and all that kind of thing but you know um, my, my main thing is uh, vocal hygiene prep and then getting into that headspace. And also, so a lot of singers sing behind a pop shield with the mic stood up and they just stand still. But I do it in the room and I hold the mic and I perform the- you do the actual live show? Yeah, I perform it to the guys. I perform it to them and they sit with their, with their headphones on and, and watch me like that. And also it's good for the boys to be there because they're honest with me as well. They're another set of ears as well as a producer. And I know that Sam, the bassist who's my best friend of since we were 10, I know he's going to be honest with me. Yeah. So sometimes if a producer thinks, oh, I could fix that, Sam comes in and goes, no, 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 that, that wasn't good enough. You can do better than that. I know you can do better than that. Yeah. And I trust him from the bottom of my heart to go, oh, f- I'm going to have to do it again. <laughs> and I do it again and it comes out better. So, yeah, um, that's the way I do things. Vocal, hygiene, prep, mm. and um, performance. How do you feel that Jake has evolved with the drums uh, on this record? Um, because you mentioned it's a he- it's a little bit of it's more of a heavier record. So how does that impact his drum playing on on this record? Yeah, I mean Jake's a beast, man. You know, like I'm very fortunate that I play with two of the greatest rhythm section. Well, we've got a great rhythm section in this band, probably one of the best in the world. I must say that, <laughs> and I mean it. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, Jake, Jake is an amazing drummer. He's absolutely obsessed with his art of playing the drums, you know, man. Like, when we're travelling, he's the one who's on his pad while we're listening to music or reading a book or yeah. talking or whatever. He's constantly practising his craft. Um, there's, you know, it's... And Jake, and Jake is also a very... Because Jake can write music, 
and Jake can write songs himself. He understands what a song needs. So Jake can play to the song. Jake understands that it's not always about fancy pyro and explosions at the end and in the middle and it's got yeah. Jake knows that the groove, the feel, the the tempo and everything in between and the space, he understands about it, you know, and he implements that into this band. And Jake's actually when we're writing, he's one of the key members that um kind of steers the direction of of you know, no, I'll take that out or keep that and you know, kind of he's pre-producing us before we've even gone into pre-production yeah. kind of thing. And you need that person in the band. Like if you watch uh, Get Back by um, the Beatles, in no way am I comparing us back to the Beatles here in any way, shape or form, disclaimer. Um, <laughs> but uh, Paul McCartney is constantly the one who's kind of steering the direction and saying, oh, no, how about you take that beat out of there and go, and yeah. or how, how about, you know, you do this, John, uh, what about that? Or maybe we should change this lyric. And Jake's kind of that figure in our band. He's like the... Like the McCartney on the letter B. Yeah. yeah. Disclaimer, we are not like the Beatles. I'm not comparing us to the Beatles at all. <laughs> <laughs> so far, you've released three tracks from this upcoming album. Um, why did you feel like these were the tracks to kind of introduce the, the music fans to the new album or to kind of give them a vibe of the new album? Um, that's a good question. I mean, it's kind of the powers that be that kind of choose what gets released and the label and that kind of thing. Obviously, we have to be okay and agree with that's what's going to happen. Um, but I think the idea... See, I, I was kind of... I didn't want to release anything just yet. Mm. Um, I kind of wanted to keep our cards to a chest. But we live in a day and age in a world where people's attention span is so short. It's just the way we have become as humans because there's so much accessibility to everything in the world at the moment. Everything's at your fingertips. You can be forgotten about within six months. Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately, that's the way it is. You've got to keep people on the toes, remembering who you are. So I think the label just wanted to throw out some songs. And, you know, we're quite... I will boast a bit, you know. We, we're quite... We're incredibly proud of this record that I'd pick any of those 12 as a single. Mm. I'm very happy to say that, and that's a very strong position to be in as a writer and, a, and as a band. You know, I'd go, yep, yeah, I'm not bothered about that. So they just picked the ones that they deemed, oh, let's release them first, and then went with that. So, yeah, so um, I wasn't kind of too fussed about what was being released when, or, mm. you know, I just kind of went with the flow because I'm happy with whatever gets released, gets released kind of thing. Yeah. But the big reason of releasing stuff so early is to let people know that we're there and we're just constantly prodding people and poking them <laughs> and saying, we're not going anywhere kind of thing. Yeah. You know? That's great. And, I, and, you know, to me, like that, that debut album, and I think I told you on the interview, um, the opening track was one of my favorite tracks, Feel It. Um, and, like, I feel like it was such an important, or such an impactful record that you created so when you have a, a song like that that you know resonates so much with the audience do you feel like more, there's more pressure when you're working on another album to try and find another song similar to that or do you not care do you just write music because this is truly what you're passionate about i think if you got obsessed with the formula and and you went too formulaic and thinking oh this worked last time let's do that again i think you then get sucked into sounding like the same band and making the same record twice mm. so um that kind of doesn't cross our minds, you know? It doesn't cross our minds at all. Um, it's kind of just write the, write the tune, get it out, and just see what comes in the writing process and see, you know, if, if it, 
if it feels like it sounds like the other song, then nine times out of ten it'll get canned. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting question because you don't really think about it. I mean, it's obviously in your subconscious somewhere, isn't it? It's obviously you're obviously thinking about it somewhere. But on this record, the the songs kind of just poured out of us, and it was kind of just a. There was so many of them. There was a lot of bad ones, by the way, in the process. Um, but yeah, there was so many of them that, you know, you just keep going and keep going and keep going. And we were so inspired at that time that we were just writing whatever came out, came out. Yeah. And we picked the, we just cherry picked the best of the of the bunch, really. So, yeah. but yeah, it's a good question. It's never something I think of subconsciously, no. What would you say was the biggest challenge with this album? Like, was there a particular song? I mean, obviously the, the track listing isn't out yet, but like, would you say that, there were you were having issues with finalizing music or you were having issues with writing the tracks or you were having issues with like the vocalizations in in the recording booth um lyrically really to be honest more than anything as as musicians and as we were making the record we didn't really feel that there was too many barriers because you know it's still a rock and roll record you know we're not we're not all like we're not all decided to get synthesizers and start playing simpson like it was still a rock and roll band at the end of the day um, it, the biggest hurdle was lyrically and being open and honest and speaking about what I wanted to speak about and going, oh, actually, I can't say that. Yeah, I can. I can't say that. I'm going to say that. And that kind of thing and being brave and being bold that I want to talk about addiction and I want to talk about mental health because these things I feel need to be talked about, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was the main challenge for me personally as a, a, on this record to just throw the rule book away and just go, yeah, talk about it. Yeah, I'm going to talk about it. So what? And, and you know, the funniest thing is, you know, some of my friends don't even know that about my battles and I'm releasing it on a record to the world. It's like, yeah, I don't even think my parents know about the deep down. Wow. So it's a bit of a brave ball move to put it in a record and go, here you go. <laughs> so Dang. that was like a bit of a, courageous thing to do and and you know and talking about it's not all about me you know there's also some stories on on the record as well that inspired me um i mean like there's a track on there called more than this that's about um a family that i um got to know whilst i was delivering food parcels um during um a, a lady who was a single mother of two boys who lost both her jobs and couldn't make ends meet anymore you know she couldn't put food on the table she was late on the rent and in the in the lyrics i'm saying there's no food on the table she's i'm late on the rent and i'm taking her position and giving her a voice yeah. to speak about how what she experienced you know i'm becoming that character and speaking about her feelings and there was points where i was going i can't do that i can't do that but then there was points where i was going yeah i can yeah. who says i can't I can do that. So that was the biggest hurdle for me, personally. Um, I don't know about the other boys, I don't know how they feel about creative, about the creative process. But yeah, for me, it was lyrically, 100%. Do you feel like, because just listening to you talk about this record, it sounds like it's, it's emotionally draining just because you're of so much that you're talking about. Did you feel that way during the recording process? No, liberated. Nice. Yeah, yeah, liberated, 100%. When I perform those songs now as well, you know, I feel liberated more than anything, you know. It's 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 a good feeling to get things off your chest, isn't it? Yeah. I just chose to do it in a 12-track record. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever works, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, writing's a form of therapy for yeah. me, so... 
And that's the biggest therapy you're going to get, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Listen to what's in my brain. <laughs> well, I'm excited to listen to what's in your brain on this album. So uh, thanks for hanging out with me and reuniting. I'm glad that we can do this in person. I'm, again, I'm glad you're in the States. Uh, you guys be sure to check out Lucas State. They're on tour right now in North America. And uh, thanks for watching here on Front Row Live. Thank you very much. Hey, it's Rob again. If you enjoyed this interview, please follow for more. And I invite you to head over to my YouTube channel, Front Row Live ENT, where I have thousands of video interviews with my favorite new and established artists. Once again, thank you for tuning in and have a great night.